Well, good morning. Welcome to South Park Church. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. Thank you all for being here today. Uh, whether you're in our uh, modern space here up on the fourth floor, joining us from downstairs in our traditional sanctuary, or online or listening to our podcast, we have several ways to connect together, but we are one church serving the one and only God, and we have one message today. So thank you all for being here. It's exciting to be in worship together. Uh, we are in the midst of this series called The Way, in which we're looking at the early church. Before they were called the church, before they were called Christians, they were called The Way. And that's because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus says, I'm the way to God. I'm the way to live. I'm the way to live eternally, to live a good life. And so that's why the early church was called the way. And so we're looking at the early church and comparing it to modern day church to see what we can learn from them. Because I think there's some characteristics of that early church that really bleed through to today. And so I'm glad you're here to, uh, to be a part of that discussion. Uh, well, last Sunday at the end of my message, I talked to you about how um, I caught the stomach bug. My family had it. I had I'd missed it for about a week, and it finally caught up to me at the end of the week, getting sick, throwing up, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it also coincided with I'd just eaten some pizza from one of my favorite pizza places. Now, I didn't get sick because of the pizza, but uh, I put the pizza back out in the world, if you know what I mean. So... Uh, so anyway, after, after uh, church last week, we went down to the crossroads. We had our time of coffee and donuts and fruit, and the uh, churches, uh, the two services were intermingling together, and that was great. And then afterwards, I had a meeting with our outreach team. Uh, our outreach team is the group that helps us go out and to serve people, to feed those who are hungry, to fight against human trafficking in our city, uh, to work with children who are in poverty and difficult situations, our ministry in Haiti. Uh, and so that's a great group to be with. Other churches might call that the missions team. We call it outreach. It's just, that's a semantics thing. But if that's something you're interested in, I'd love to connect you into that. But we had our, our, one of our meetings there uh, celebrating things that we're doing, looking forward to things that are coming up. And I got to the meeting a little bit late because I got caught up talking to some folks right during uh, the coffee and donuts thing, which is great. And um, the leader of the outreach team had brought in pizza for lunch. And so before I got there, they were taking bets whether I was going to eat the pizza or not. And so not monetary bets, just, just bets for fun. But uh, I did end up eating the pizza, by the way. But what was fun was they told me that, and they were busting my chops, you know, just giving me a hard time about that. Also, last Sunday in the Crossroads time, I had a person come up to me and say, Pastor Kyle, you probably saw me come in late today. And he says, I'm super sorry that I was late. Uh, I was coming in my car, I was running behind, so I had the service on on my phone, so I was listening to everything, I was trying to get there just as soon as possible, but this lady was in the crosswalk and she was going really slow, and he's like, I wanted to blow my horn and say, hurry up lady, I'm late for church, but he thought, you know what, God probably wouldn't want me to do that, and Pastor Kyle, you probably wouldn't want me to do that either, and so I'm sorry I'm late. And I just love the honesty, right, and, and the relationship that we have that he could tell me that, and and to see in his life the transformation, there would have been a day where he'd blown the horn and given her the finger and said, get out of the way, right? But he's beyond that because of Christ working in his life. But I just, one thing that I love about being a pastor and being in a group of other believers um, is our relationships with each other. And we go through the ups and downs of life. We can navigate that. We can be honest with each other. We can be transparent. Um, and, and that's a very treasured thing that, that I have as a follower of Jesus, as a follower of the way. And as we're going to learn today, when we go back into the first century, as we look in the book of Acts, it was the same way in the early church, same way in the way. The reason that, that those folks were growing in Christ and doing so many amazing things, they were grounded in the most important thing in life, and that's relationships. The most important thing, the secret to living life to the full is relationships with God 
and relationships with people. So let's think about that today as we look at the early church and the way. And I want to jump into scripture today. We're going to go back a little further than the the way. We're going to look at Jesus before he was executed, before he was killed on the cross. Uh, And we're going to see what he teaches us about relationships. So in Matthew's gospel, 22, 37 through 40, somebody's asked Jesus, what's the most important religious law to follow? Okay. And this is what he said. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, all the Bible, all the religion, right, hangs on these two commandments. Love God with everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Anyone that you come into contact with, right? So Jesus says the secret to life, the most important thing in life is relationship. Relationship with God, relationship with people. So that is what it's all about. And we're going to see that in the early church. Now we're going to jump ahead to Acts. So Jesus has been killed. He's come back to life. He's gone into heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit down. The apostle Peter is preaching to all these thousands of people. And he's talking about how God hurts because there's broken relationships between people and God. And that Jesus was killed on a cross and came back to life to to get us back in that right relationship to God. And this is what happens in that book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. You mean Jesus died for me, right? There's a broken relationship between me and God, and that cost Jesus his life. They were cut to the heart. It hurt their heart because they hurt God. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, what shall we do? And of course, we know that, that Jesus, uh, I mean, Peter said to them, you need to repent, right? Turn, turn around, right? Turn away from the life without God. Turn to God and be forgiven and be baptized. And they were, right? Thousands of people gave their life to Jesus that day. And what was it all about? It was about this love of God, right? I've hurt God. Something's not right between me and God. What must I do? All right, we keep going in Acts, and we've seen this first several times in this series. Um, this is what the early church did, right, in response to all this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, right, the disciples of Jesus teaching them about God, to fellowship, which means hanging out together, right, just hanging out together, having a good time, right, to the breaking of bread, right, both eating at homes and also celebrating Holy Communion, right, and to prayer. What is prayer? Talking to and listening to God, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That's like their big church. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, praising God like we're doing today, worshiping God together, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. So the early church took to heart this message of Jesus. They loved God. How did they love God? They came together and they praised God. They worshiped God. They talked to God. They listened to God in prayer. Right? So the early church was all about hanging out with God. They went to the, their, their version of church and, and they studied scriptures. Right? They hung out. Right? So same things that we do today. We pray. We come together to worship God. We read scripture. We spend time with God. Right? Life is about relationship. What's relationship about? It's spending time and sharing life together. Right? So that's what the early church did. That's what the way they did. They spent time with God. They hung out with God. Let me ask you a question. What does your hanging out with God look like? What does it look like for you to hang out with God as an individual, as a group together, a small group, as a congregation, right? Because that's what it's about, right? We talk about living life to the full. It means we're hanging out with God in our lives, that God's with us through the ups and downs of life. We celebrate things. We, we cry out to God. We spend time with God. What is eternity in heaven going to look like? What do you think that's going to be? It's simply going to be hanging out with God forever, 
right? And so if you don't want to hang out with God forever, then heaven's not for you, right? It's hanging out with God and hanging out with other believers, right, who go to heaven as well. So it's spending time, it's sharing life, right? So the early church, the way, loved God. They loved God. They spent time with God. They searched out God. They talked to God. They listened to God. They sang praises. They, they spent time with God. And as we talked about last week, that was contagious. Other people wanted to get in on that. But it wasn't just that, that individual relationship to God. It was a communal relationship to God, right? We have our own time with God. We have our, our church time with God together. But the early church also took to heart what Jesus said, right? Love God is the first and greatest thing to do. And the second thing is to love people as you love yourself. Right, to love people as you love yourself. And so what did, they, what did the way do? What did the people in the way do? They hung out together. They, they got together in their homes and they broke bread and they laughed and they cried and they told stories and they did all kinds of stuff. Right? They went to the, their version of church and they hung out together and they talked about life and they worshiped God together. Right? So the way, the early church, they enjoyed each other's company and they hung out together. Right? So as you think about your relationship to other followers of Jesus, to other followers of the way here at South Park Church and, or wherever you are, you're watching today, right? what does it look like for you to hang out with other believers? What does it look like to be in relationship with other people who follow the same God, the only God that we follow, and that's Jesus? What does that look like in your life? Right? The early church, they seem to really love to hang out with each other. And it was a cool thing. Let me ask you this. Um, what experiences have you had with other people that just bond you close together? Right? They could be good, they could be bad. Like just you, you've gone through something together, and because you've gone through it together, it just brings you close together. Right? Like positive examples. Right? You ever go on a vacation together, and you see the beauty of like the Grand Canyon, or some you climb some mountain together that took you a, a, a long time to climb up. It was a physical challenge, and and every time you think about that, or you see the picture of you guys on the summit, it's like, man, I love these people. We went through that. It was an awesome thing to share together. Right? Or a wedding, or a baptism, or a graduation. Right? You're you're a member of a team, and you win a championship. Right? Things that we share life together. Maybe you've jumped out of a plane with somebody else, you know, that, that would bring somebody very close together that you survived that experience, right? In your lives, what does that look like? Well, I think the early church had a lot of those experiences, right? Could you imagine how exciting it would be? The Bible says they did signs and wonders. They were healing people who were paralyzed. They were bringing people back to life who were dead. Could you imagine having supper together after like you helped somebody who was paralyzed get up and walk because of the power of the Holy Spirit? Or someone was literally dead and because God worked through you, they're no longer dead. Like, how was your day today? Oh, it was pretty good. I brought someone back to life today. How was how'd you? Like, that's amazing, right? right they, or they were feeding all these people who were hungry right? To say, you know what? We made a difference today, right? Th these people were starving. They didn't have anything to eat. God put us in front of them. We were able to give them something. That's a shared experience. Like, wow, I just, I feel blessed to be a part of something bigger than myself. And I'm glad that we got to share that together. Only you and I know what that feels like because we were there, right? Or to see thousands of people give their lives to Jesus, Thousands of people being baptized. Could you imagine sitting around the table at the end of the day? It's like, 
wow, well, how'd it go today? Well, we saw a hundred people baptized today or a thousand people baptized, 2,000, right? All these people came to life in Jesus and we were a part of that together. That's got to bring the early church, the people of the way together, right? God's doing something exciting. This is amazing, right? We're getting to do this together, right? We have those experiences at South Park as well, right? And other Christians who are watching, other people who follow the way, right? When we see victories for God, Right, just a few weeks ago in this very room here on the fourth floor, right, we had this whole place spread out. We were packing meals together that, that we send all around the world. And that was so much fun doing that together, right? And it's also fun to think about how those meals are in some kind of a box on a ship going somewhere and someone's gonna get that food. They're gonna hear the good news about Jesus, right? And I just think about the, the group that was at my table and in the, in the kind of the, the conveyor belt kind of thing that we were doing. It, it just brings you close together, right? We got to do that for God. Right? Every time we celebrate a baptism, someone who's given their life to Christ or dedicating their child to God, right? we come together as a congregation and we're like, we get to do this together. Right? We have these shared positive moments. Right? For those who've been on um, um, a trip to Haiti, where we go down to Haiti and we, we, we minister to the children and the students there and the adults there and they minister to us, right? It's a bonding experience, right? You get on the plane, you get in this car, you have to drive out in the middle of nowhere, right? You get to know people really well. Sometimes they're like, I know you too well, Pastor Kyle, right? It's like these moments that bring us together serving God, is it any wonder that the early church was so popular and contagious? They were doing all these amazing things and they were doing it together and bound them together in unbreakable bonds. And that's what we try to offer here at South Park Church. We wanna serve God together. We wanna feed the hungry together. We wanna help people together. We wanna serve our community. We wanna serve the world together. And when we come together in our small groups and we come together and worship and do this, man, it brings us close together. Life is about relationship. It's all about spending time sharing life together. And it also happens in bad circumstances, right? The way, the people, the way. Like, if you read it, they're all the time in prison. They're all the time going to jail, right? Peter and John are in jail. Paul and Silas are in jail. There's one passage where all the disciples are in jail. Here we are again, right? Back in jail, right? And that's still a scary place, right? Anytime, have you ever been to prison or jail or visit somebody? Like, it is frightening, right? When I was in divinity school, starting to be a pastor, I, I did a whole uh, semester, actually a whole year's worth of, of going into maximum security prison, right? To do ministry. It is a scary place. Right? When, you are, when you're in some situation like that together, like that bonds you together. It's like, I'm glad I'm not by myself. I'm glad God is with me. Right? And, and amazing things came out of this. Like people gave their life to Christ uh, because those disciples were in prison and they met these other folks. Right? They went through hard times. I want to read another passage of scripture for you today. Um, this is in Acts 19, verse 23. About that time there arose a great disturbance about the way. We talked about how the way was reputable and had a good reputation, and that's true, but sometimes the way got on people's nerves, right? Sometimes when we follow Jesus and we do the right thing, it goes against what the culture teaches or believes, and so the culture will kick back. So there was a great disturbance about the way. Let me tell you what was going on. Paul was going around. He was in a city called Ephesus. Uh, it's in the Mediterranean world. And he was telling people that there's really only one God. And these other people worshiping all these gods that weren't real. And he's trying to show them the right way to the one and only God. Um, but here's the problem, right? The, the other gods, 
right, that people were worshiping, that was a lucrative thing because the local people were building them shrines, right? There was one guy who was a silversmith and he was building shrines out of silver. And so if people stop worshiping these gods, what, what's gonna happen? He's gonna be out of food, right? He's gonna be out of a job. And so he went to some of his other uh, competition and said, you know what? Right? This guy, Paul, is going to get us out of a job and we're not going to have one, right? And so they threw a riot in Ephesus, right? And so the people who followed the way, their lives were in danger. And that had to bring them close together, right? When they got through this riot, they're probably coming home, grabbing a loaf of bread, saying, man, how do we get through that? I don't know, but I'm glad you were with me. I'm glad God was with me. And think about the people in the way, how hard it was when they started being executed. Remember, they were popular, they were reputable, but they were standing up to power and authority, the same people that killed Jesus. And so they, they killed a guy named Stephen, who was one of the, the first martyrs, right, to die for Jesus, right? They, they, they killed, uh, you know, some of the apostles, some of the 12 disciples were killed, right? And so, man, that's terrible. And I can only imagine when, when the people of the way came together for these funerals or memorial services or whatever they did, like it bound them together. It's like, man, I loved them so much. Like this is hard. And so we are bound together through the good times of life. We're bound together through the hard times of life. But thank God we have each other. Because if we were going on our own without God, without other people, I don't know how we'd make it. I've seen that time and time again in our congregation at South Park Church as, as we try to do the right thing and, and, and sometimes we face resistance. Sometimes the leadership team has to make tough decisions and get a lot of bad feedback and, and it brings that group closer together. Sometimes the staff does that. Sometimes the staff gets cussed out right together or yelled at or something, told that we're stupid and we don't know what we're doing, right? It, it brings us together as we're trying to serve God the best way that we can. Our, our congregation, when we did this whole redoing of our campus, right, it's a great, exciting thing, but we ran into obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, and it just brought us closer together. How are we going to get through this? How are we going to do this? Because we're together and Jesus is with us. It's about relationship. It's about sharing life together. It's about not being alone. It's about going through the ups and downs of life, right? That's why our small group ministry is so powerful. If you're not yet in a small group, I really encourage you to think about doing that because it's a group of Christians who come together and, and they share life. It's like, hey, man, this is going great in my life. This is going great in my relationships, going great in my job. But this part of my life is falling apart or I'm a mess. Like my health is not good, right? You know, we come together and we celebrate the ups and we get each other through the downs and the hard times, right? Life's about relationship. We're meant to be together. We're stronger together. We're better together. And so just like the early church, just like the way did, right, we at South Park Church are trying to do that together. We're trying to navigate life together with God, with each other. We're stronger together. Right? When one of us dies and we come together and we have the memorial service and we visit with the family before and after and we take care of them, you know, days, weeks after when everybody's life goes back together, we let them know that, that they're cared for, right? That's a powerful thing that we do for each other because we love the people that have gone to be with God in heaven, but we miss them here. And so we need to lean on each other and tell each other the stories that we remember of them, right? We are about relationship, living life together, spending time together. We see this in other ways also in the way in the, in the book of Acts. Let's, let's jump ahead now to Acts chapter 16. 
Um, Paul, again, he's one of these, the main guys in the book of Acts. He starts a lot of uh, movements of the way around the Mediterranean world. Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek and non-Jew, right? So that's great, those folks coming together. And the believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, right? Paul's going around teaching people about Jesus. And sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't go well, and he needs a partner. So as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey, right? Sharing the news from the the home base. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers, right? So Timothy joins Paul. I'm going to jump ahead to... uh, um, Another book, this is from 2 Timothy 1.5, right? Paul's writing to Timothy, uh, and he writes in this letter, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, right? So Timothy came through the faith, how? Through his family. His grandmother and his mother were believers of, in the way, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. And so what we're going to see with Paul and Timothy is um, Paul sees promise in this young follower of Jesus, this young follower of the way. He was raised in the faith. His mom was raised, taught him about the faith. His grandmother taught him about the faith. He was from a a faithful family. And Paul said, hey, why don't you come with me? I'm telling other people about the faith, and I think you could benefit in that. And they developed this mentor relationship where Paul pours himself into Timothy. He has this wisdom. He has this experience. He pours himself into Timothy, and Timothy also pours himself back into Paul. Paul learns from Timothy, just as Timothy learns from Paul, right? It's a mentoring relationship. This is something I'd like to invite you to think about, too. In your walk with God, in your walk in the way, what do your relationships, again, look like with other believers? More specifically, who is a more mature follower of the way than you, who could be pouring themselves into you? And who is someone in your life, right, that God might be calling you to pour into, right? Who's pouring into you and who are you pouring into, right? Because we all have life experience. We all have connection with Jesus. Some of us are newer to the faith than others, and some of us have been in the faith longer. But it's very scriptural, very New Testament, very churchy, very way-like, that we're always looking to pour ourselves into someone else and looking for someone to pour themselves into us, right? Again, that's why we have small groups. That's why we have student ministry. That's why we have children's ministry. We have some of the greatest teachers and volunteers in our student ministry and, and children's ministry who are pouring into our younger folks to teach them, just like Timothy's mother and grandmother, right? We're, we're, we're doing it across. You don't have to be blood related to do that. You know, maybe you have something to offer someone who's younger than you, right? Well, how, how do I find someone to mentor, Pastor Kyler? How do I find someone who can pour into me? I just say, keep your eyes open, right? If you know someone that, that you see in your life that's living a life close to Jesus, who is somewhere in life that you would like to be, you know, maybe they're in a family situation or a work situation or something to say, you know what? This might sound really weird, but I know you. I've been talking to you. Right? You seem like you're in a relationship to God. I think I could learn from you, and we can maybe learn from each other. Could we just spend some time together? It's just, what is it? It doesn't have to be like a syllabus or an outline or an introduction or a strategic plan. It's just, will you just hang out with me and spend time with me? 
And I've shared with you before, like you know, some guys in our church, one guy came to me and said, hey, Pastor Kyle, I'd like to have somebody who kind of mentor me. And I thought I prayed, prayed about it and brought these two guys together who are still in that relationship, right? They're pouring into each other. They're different ages, different stages of life. It's a beautiful thing. And it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be some kind of official thing. It could just be, hey, the Holy Spirit really seems to be alive in this person. I'd like to spend more time with them. Can I spend more time with you? Life's about relationship. It's about sharing life. It's about spending time together. Who are you pouring into with Jesus? And who is pouring into you with Jesus? Uh, And if that's new to you, maybe give it a shot. Maybe pray about it. Maybe ask about it. I'd be glad to talk to you about that, okay? Uh, And just a couple other things. This uh, is Jesus back in the Gospels. Sometimes things in the way don't always go as you might imagine. These are the 12 disciples, and this is what's going on with them. A dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. So even the followers of Jesus, like the, the, the top 12, whatever you want to call them, 12 disciples of Jesus, do all these miracles, do all these things with Jesus, spend all this time with Jesus, and guess what? They're not perfect. That makes me feel good because I'm not perfect. I'm a pastor, but I'm far from perfect, right? So the disciples are arguing, well, I'm, I'm the best disciple. When we get to heaven, I'm going to sit at Jesus' right hand. Oh, no, 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 I'm the best disciple, right? So they're arguing. So Jesus, of course, cuts us off and says, you know what he says, right? You know who the best is? It's just the least. It's the one who serves the others, right? Jesus flips that upside down. Right? Well, even in the other church, it might not surprise you, is even as kumbaya as it feels where everybody's getting together and loving each other and things are going well and, and the way's growing and all that kind of stuff, they still had problems in the early church. They still didn't always get along with each other. Okay, let's look at it. Let's look at this in the book of Acts, Acts 15, right? Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, remember Paul started most of the churches in the New Testament. He wrote most of the New Testament. He was paired with this guy, Barnabas. They went all over the place. They were preaching. People were coming to faith in Christ. They were getting thrown in prison. They were getting out of prison. They were doing all these things together. They were tight, right? Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing, right? We started all these way movements. Let's go check in on them and see how Bob's doing and Sue's doing and, and see what's going on there, right? Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. Hey, Paul, let's take John, also called Mark. Well, I'm just going to call him John. Let's take John with us, okay? But Paul did not think it was wise to take him because John had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the word. Like, Barnabas, I'm not taking him. Remember last time? He got lazy. He didn't, he didn't do his, he didn't carry his weight. I'm not going with him, right? They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, right? But Paul chose Silas and left Commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. Paul and Barnabas are tight. They start a lot of movements of the way all around the Mediterranean world. They go through ups and downs. They go to prison together, all this kind of, they are tight, right? And and Paul says, let's go back and check it out. Barnabas says, hey, let's take John, John Mark. Paul says, nah, that guy's lazy, not doing it, not doing it. And so they went their separate ways. Was that bad? Was that a problem? I think there's a myth that followers of Jesus who come to church, right, 
that we're all going to always get along and agree about everything. Let me just going to tell you, that ain't true, okay? Y'all can say amen to that. It's just not true. We follow Jesus. We are part of the way, but we disagree, and we see things differently. That's why there's a million different denominations. That's why a million different churches. That's why people get mad and they go to another church, right? We don't always agree on things, right? And so Paul and Barnabas decided, well, we're not going to agree on this. We're going to agree to disagree. Let's go our own ways, right? They didn't stop worshiping God. They didn't stop doing the, the work of God. And I'm, I'm, I'm betting they still remain friends, right? I, didn't, I haven't done the research, but I don't think it's the last time that Paul and Barnabas hung out, right? They just said, in this mission, you, you do that, man. I'm going to do my thing, and, and I hope it works out for you, right? It's okay sometimes as followers of Jesus to agree to disagree. But what makes us different from the world, hopefully, is that we do that with grace and we do that with forgiveness, knowing that sometimes we mess up and sometimes other people mess up. And that's okay. We can forgive each other. We can still be brothers and sisters. We can still follow Jesus. We can still come to worship together, even when we don't agree about something that's going on in the church or something going on in the world. Right? There's no way that we all agree about things in the world politically or socially or anything, but we're here because we agree about Jesus and we love each other. Right? And followers of the way also know the difference between loving someone and liking someone. Right? You can like someone, I mean, you can love someone and not like them. Okay? Right? Amen. Yeah, we got some amens back there, right? Right. Love in the Bible is the way we treat people, right? Now, in the world, it also is attached to a warm, fuzzy feeling, emotional thing, which you can love somebody and feel good about them, absolutely. But in the Bible, love is the way that we treat somebody. So sometimes you might not like somebody, but you can love them. I might not like you, but I'm going to bring you a meal because your spouse is sick in the hospital. I might not like you, but I'm going to pray for you because I know you're, you just lost your job, right? Think about somebody that you love, like the most, most in the world, right? Your spouse, your kid, your grandkid or whatever. There are going to be moments in your life where even you don't like them in the moment, right? right? And so it doesn't mean that you stop loving them. So as followers of Jesus, when we disagree with each other, we might not like each other in the moment, but we can love each other in the moment. I know there are a lot of times that, that, that you all don't like me or what I said in a message or I, what I did in my ministry. Maybe I wasn't attentive enough or didn't, you know, come see you or, or something like that, right? I know that, that the staff doesn't always love me and, and some of the stuff I ask them to do, things like that, right? So, and that's okay, Because right? there's sometimes in ministry where I don't like some of you and what you do or what you say. I'm honest, right? But I love you. And I like you in general, but there's moments in time where I just, I don't agree with that, right? And that is okay. Because we have something more in common that's bigger than us, Jesus, right? We love God. We love each other. We're not always going to see eye to eye, right? Now think about this, right? Heaven is spending time with God and spending time with each other. So we're going to spend eternity with each other. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Pastor Kyle's going to be in heaven. I, don't, I might want to rethink that. You know, it's like, but once we're in heaven, I think we're going to have a different understanding of each other, right? It's okay to disagree. It's okay not to get along about everything. But we do it in love. We do it in grace. And we do it in forgiveness. And we still pray together. And, and we still, you know, when I serve Holy Communion, um, 
before COVID where I could serve communion to people, you know, in their hands and drink the cups. Like my first church was this little country church and I'd go around this little like U-shaped thing. And I know about people in the church who are fighting with each other or, or not in healthy relationships with each other, but they're all in church. They're all at the altar. They're all coming to receive Christ. And that's what it's about. We don't have it all figured out, but we're here together and we're not giving up on each other. We love each other. And sometimes I've served people communion that are really mad at me, but they're coming to receive communion because it's more than about them and me. It's about Jesus, right? That's the beauty of the way. That's the beauty of church. That's the beauty of being a follower of Jesus. We can love each other when we're not able to like each other. And we can forgive each other and be grace-filled with each other. And I'm just grateful for your grace because I mess up a lot as a person and as a pastor. And you love me through that anyway. That's the way. That's the way. So what's the point today? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? It's simply this. Relationship is the way. Relationship is the way. Relationship is the most important part of life to love God and to love people, to spend time with God, to spend time with people. That is what it's about, right? It's the secret of life. It's that simple. It's not easy, but it's that simple. Relationship is the way for the early church and for all of us who follow Jesus today. So I want to invite you to wrestle with three questions this week, right, as action steps. What is my relationship with God? How do I hang out with God? What does it look like for me to love God? What's my individual love time with God? What's my communal time, my church time together with God? What's my relationship with followers of the way? With people that you're sitting beside right now, right? People that are are with us online, right? The people who are following Jesus, right? We should have each other's backs. And we're not agreeing on everything, but we should love each other, take care of each other and forgive each other. And then what's our relationship with people not of the way, right? It's not us and them. Right, if you see the people in the first century, right, Paul and Silas and Timothy and uh, Lydia and all these folks, right, they were going out to everyone who was not yet in the way to say, I've got some good news I want to tell you about. So what are your relationships in these three questions? Right, so again, I love the time right after church. I hope you'll come and be a part of our coffee and donuts. I hope you come to the Wednesday night dinners. Right? These are ways that we connect to each other. And just the past couple of weeks, right, just some of those conversations, this is some of the stuff that comes my way that I love. We've had people in the hospital, multiple people in the hospital over the past few weeks, and people coming to me saying, I went to see them, I'm taking them a meal, I'm helping them navigate the doctor stuff that they don't understand. It's a beautiful thing. Had someone come to me recently and say, I've been diagnosed with this illness, and Pastor Kyle, I don't know what to do. And I could say, well, your church family is going to help you get through this. Had somebody come and say, I I had to quit my job because it was toxic work environment and it was about to kill me. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to get the next job, paychecks, but I trust in God and I'm glad that I have a church family that's supporting me. Last week I had somebody come tell me, say, Pastor Kyle, I'm engaged. I'm getting married and it's awesome. Next Sunday we're going to celebrate those who are graduating from high school and college in our church family that grew up in our church and we, we celebrate this milestone with them. I had a lady who's retired in our congregation send me a photo last week that her brother had just found. It was of her as a little girl with her parents and her brother at church. 
And she said it was with her first favorite pastor and I'm her second favorite pastor, right? That's beautiful stuff. That's what it's about. Relationship is the way. We're better together. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.